0: Well, good morning. Uh, I had the privilege of sitting down with several of our missionaries, people that we have sent out from Sunrise to go on the mission field either short-term or long-term, that have been on that journey of asking this simple question, does God want me to leave the comfort of Hillsboro, Washington County, my home, my job, uh, everything that I kind of built up here, and just go somewhere else for the sake of the gospel? And so what I wanna do right now is I wanna show you a video, just a couple minutes, of Aaron and Liz muscle white, and I'll kinda of explain a little more about that. So let's take a couple minutes to see them. Oh, and Caleb as well. Don't wanna forget him. He's cute.
1: Hello, everyone. Uh, I'm Aaron, and this is my wife, Liz, and my son, Caleb, who just turned one years old. And uh, we're missionaries to uh, Mexico, Tijuana area right now. Probably starting about five years ago, uh, we felt a call on our hearts to uh, just to travel and um, switch kind of from our career to being missionaries and just trying to follow what God put on our hearts. We've been in missions about two years now, two years down to Tijuana, Mexico. And, uh, yeah, God's just been uh, showing us a lot as far as uh, patience and just waiting for his plan to unfold before us.
2: Uh, We've been building houses for poor families. And um, groups from the states will come down and build the house, and we're just there to help alongside them. And we've also been helping the Santiago family who actually run the mission and um, just helping along with, you know, certain things around the compound, like painting, and um, I also helped their daughter... um, put together some stuff for the women at, the ch- at their church and so just um, being a part of their lives as we're there and helping the groups.
1: Uh, one thing that's on our heart is that we need to be able to communicate better with the families and people there that we're connecting with and so kind of our next step right now is to do uh, immersion school just to better our language skills in Spanish.
2: Caleb's been a great way to just connect with people, but we still really want to be able to speak to them and, you know, possibly share our stories and share the gospel as well.
1: Uh, As we go into the next year, uh, some things that we're looking for prayer for is just uh, wisdom in our decisions as far as um, logistics and traveling, uh, especially with Caleb and uh, just knowing where God would have us go next and uh, uh, as far as school and then as far as when we go back down to Mexico as well. And uh, the other prayer request would be um, just for the ministry there. Um, A huge part of it is groups from the U.S. coming down. And that's kind of um, on the sidelines right now with the whole coronavirus pandemic. And so uh, just wisdom as to what we do in the meantime. Uh, For 24 years now, uh, Sunrise has been uh, plugged into the ministry down there in Mexico, building houses and also working on the ministry site. And uh, we look forward to the day that uh, we get to see you, Sunrise, back there again.
0: Uh, That's awesome. I love that for many reasons, but I've known Aaron and Liz uh, since they were young. In fact, uh, when I was just transitioning from youth pastor to senior pastor, uh, they are really what we would call, and actually what Taylor just described, a part of our disciple-making process. Where we you know helped them connect in a relationship with God, they grew in a relationship with God, they learned to serve and discover their giftedness and calling, and then they were leading others, and that 's what they 're doing now and uh, it wasn 't but just a few years ago that they had a restaurant downtown Portland, and uh, we would take the staff we 'd ride the max down there, and they would make either we 'd do a breakfast there they 'd make coffee or we 'd go for a lunch and it was just great to see. Just some typical normal Sunrise folks, non-paid professionals, you know, just pouring their lives into ministry and discovering what that looked like. And then, you know, they, they, you know they, I saw them, you know, get together here and get married and the whole process and, and uh, you know, it's just exciting when, you know, to hear that Liz is pregnant and just to know that they're on this journey of asking a simple question. What does God require of us? What does love require of us? What does this calling of Jesus in our life really mean? And it's not to disparage anybody that stays here, uh, but, but the reality is for them, they felt this nudge of the Holy Spirit say, I think we need to go. I think we need to actually be a part of leading others on this journey. And so I love that. And I don't know where you're at on that journey. I don't know if for some of you, you know, as Taylor talked about, you're connecting in a relationship with God. You're getting to know him or you're growing in that relationship with God and one another and through his Bible and and through his Holy Spirit, you're just growing up in the faith or you're serving and you're loving and you're you're kind of in this way of thinking of other people and you're giving your life away and your time and your talent and your treasures and especially then you get to this point where you're actually leading someone else on the journey because that's what Jesus tells us about in Matthew 28 it's called the great commission that we are to make disciples who make disciples I want to come back to their story uh, toward the end of the message but I want to tell you uh, about something that happened to me when I was 13 years old. Uh, I remember this very vividly. It was 1977, and I, I was uh, just basically uh, looking through a Christmas wish book. If you're as old as I am, you know what a Christmas wish book was. It was pre-Amazon, um, but it was very focused. And you'd get it around November, December, and you'd just look at it. And the way it worked in my household is, you know, you'd get a list for Grandma or something like that, or your parents, and you put it together. And you could, you know, you could say page 78, item 4b. You know what I mean? And, uh, and somehow Santa would show up with all these gifts. And I remember looking through that wish book, and I remember seeing this thing that I thought would, would actually revolutionize my life. I was 13 years old, and I thought if I had this, life would be complete. It would make sense. Uh, it, would be, it would just be really helpful and it was a it was an led alarm clock now first of all leds were fairly new back in that day and uh, yeah but it wasn't just an led alarm clock it also had an led projector that projected the time on the ceiling and i thought that would make my life full You know, if I just, I'm 13, I'm like, that would be awesome. I could be lying in bed, you know, look up. Oh, that's what time it is. Go back, you know, to sleep, whatever. And so I put it on my list and, you know, I waited and waited. And, you know, I wasn't a follower of Christ, but I'm sure I prayed, you know, because I knew there was a God. And and if he wanted me, I was going to give him everything as long as he gave me the clock. That was my deal with God. You know, I bargained with him a lot. And, um, and lo and behold, Santa or, or my mom and dad uh, got it for me. I was so pumped. So I, I take it out of the package and I put it there. I find a, a bedside you know table there, plug it in. And I, that night I, I got in my pajamas and I went in and I, I, I turned the light off and I lay down in bed and I opened my eyes. And I was so disappointed because just prior to opening my eyes, I had taken my glasses off. Yes, yes. You realized what I didn't realize. It was blurry. It was just this vague red glow on the ceiling, and I was so heartbroken. I was so devastated. I was expecting this gift to fulfill something that it obviously couldn't because my inability to see without glasses. Uh, you ever? You ever been disappointed? buy a gift. I'm not talking about like this, like your family goes to Disneyland and all you get is a lousy t-shirt. I'm not talking that kind of disappointment or or this kind of disappointment where your Aunt Clara gets you um, some wonderful pajamas, all right? Uh, And I'm just talking about just this deep disappointment that it didn't work out the way you thought it was supposed to work out, right? We're funny creatures because we put all of our hopes and all of our dreams into these things that are out there or, or people that are out there, our hopes, our desires. And we hope that. And then in the process of that, when we encounter that, rarely, rarely does it turn out in the way we had hoped, right? We call it buyer's remorse if we're, you know, as a consumer. And we long for that. And, um, and, and yet there are sometimes deep disappointments when it doesn't turn out the way We think the way we want. Uh, Relationships, they're deep disappointments when it doesn't quite work out the way we thought. You know, some of you are old enough to have children that, you know, when you held them in your arms and when they grew up and, and you had hopes and dreams and now they don't really want a relationship with you. Or they haven't held firmly to Christ. Or they've kind of blown up their lives and you're there picking up the pieces. Others, jobs, perhaps, or hopes and dreams, and you wanted to pursue this, or people, marriage. I mean, we we can put our hope in a lot of things, right? And sometimes, many times, this world just doesn't deliver what we had hoped for. And there could be a deep disappointment. Now, I remember coming to Christ when I was 15 years old. And along that journey of growing up and discovering, you know, what it meant to be a follower of Jesus, what it meant to be a Christian, uh, part of the journey was I learned about this thing called spiritual gifts. And I, you know, devoured that and read about spiritual gifts in the Bible. And I was, I was so pumped. I wanted one of those Awesome gifts. You know what I mean? I wanted one of those spiritual gifts that had a lot of flair to it, had a lot of power. You know, I wanted to be able to like help people with the awesomeness of my spiritual gift. And, and, uh, and, and yet I, I, I was reading about it and I thought, wouldn't it be awesome to have the gift of healing and then I could just walk up and heal people and that'd be so cool? Or, or word of knowledge or wisdom or tongues or something like that. I mean, prophecy. Can you imagine that? Walking, hanging out in the max and just say, tomorrow, this is going to happen to you. You know what I mean? I I was a kid, so I'm imagining all these things. And the more I kind of studied this and the more time went on, the more I realized, obviously, I didn't have anything like that, right? Thankfully, I didn't have to get to celibacy. But other than that, I wasn't really happy with the gift that I had or the gifts. Uh, See, my gifts kind of ended up floating around the area of like encouragement or some people call it exhortation or leadership. You know, and as a teenager, that, that wasn't exciting to me. I didn't really think there was a lot of value in that. And there was a season where I was deeply disappointed in God because I thought that I could do so much more if fill in the blank, right? And I looked at the spiritual gifts and I remember taking these tests and just not, just not being happy with what came out. And then along the journey, somebody commented to me, and I don't even remember the full conversation, but it was pretty profound. I I knew the truth. I hadn't actualized it. I hadn't lived it. I hadn't actually applied it to my life. It was simply this, that a spiritual gift is given not for me. It's given for others. That God has supernaturally gifted us, not that we would benefit. I, I do think there's a benefit from it, no question, when we exercise that but so that others would benefit. And then all of a sudden I stepped, back and I, I stepped back and I thought, okay, maybe, just maybe, God had a purpose and a plan. And maybe as I develop that, as I discover that and kind of work that process, that actually it would be a good thing. And throughout the years, you know, I've discovered that when I do that thing, exercise that, we'll talk about that more in a minute, that's when the body is built up. And so today I, I wanna go to 1 Peter and we're just walking through the book. We're walking through the verses and chapters. We're in chapter four and uh, we're just gonna look at two verses today, verses 10 and 11. In a couple of weeks we'll be finished and we'll approach Christmas and uh, Pastor Taylor and I are gonna start uh, a series through the Gospel of John beginning in the new year. Uh, but, but for now I wanna wrap this up uh, today and just take a look at two verses. And in the process I wanna ask you, making the assumption that you're a follower of Christ right now. Okay, if you're here and you're not, I'm glad you're here. That's awesome. If you're watching online, I'm excited about that. It's amazing. But I'm specifically speaking to people who say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm a, I'm a Christian. And I want to ask you, do you know what your gift giftedness is? And do you know how God is using that to affect other people? So in First Peter 4... Uh, These are the the two verses. This is what uh, Peter writes about. He says here, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. By the way, I read that verse right there every time I preach, just beforehand. I have on my iPad a little note here. and You can't see it, but it says before I preach. And so if I preach once or twice or used to preach three times, i preach five times on a Sunday, I, whether at sunrise or somewhere else, I read this to myself. And this is what it says. It's two passages. It's 1 Corinthians 2, one to five, where Paul says, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. My message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. I read that every time because that's my desire. Because I don't want to be fancy. I'm not. I'm not brilliant. I don't have persuasive speeches, lofty wisdom. But then the next thing that's on this little little note is from 1 Peter 4. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. I read that because if, as I see, God has placed me here as your pastor, I don't want to just go through the motions. I want every time every person shows up in person or, you know, online, to know that this is God speaking. And there's a a healthy amount of fear in that. And so Peter says, you have the gift of speaking, then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. You have the gift of helping others. Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. I just want to focus on that in our time together. Now, spiritual gift. Uh, you know, scratch the head kind of thing. Uh, it's kind of mysterious. It's spiritual, right? And you can read a lot of books on it. And uh, you can either be the kind of person that feels like everything is so clearly defined and put in a box. And when you read Paul's words predominantly and then Peter's words, that you've got this clear understanding and you can take this test. And when this test is over and give you the results, this is exactly what it's like. I am not that person. I'm not in that camp, okay? I was until... <laughs> I tried it over and over again, and it didn't work, and, um, and the more I studied scripture, the more I realized this is super mysterious, you know, and different people define them and put them in boxes like speaking gifts and serving gifts, and some people say they're gifts that are functional, some that are not functional, and, and whatever, none of that is what I'm talking about today. What I want to talk about is that according to this passage, you have been gifted spiritually, and, and the best we can understand sometimes is by the study of words and context is that a spiritual gift is a supernatural power, an embodiment of God that's from you to someone else who's another believer for the building up of the body of Christ. It could be for the bringing of someone to Christ, but it's really about the disciple making process. Somewhere along the journey, God has given you a gift. Now, first of all, think about that. You have been given a gift. Just out of curiosity on the way, and I asked a couple folks, um, some seasoned believers, young in heart, but seasoned believers, who've really rocked it for the kingdom, and I just asked them, what's your spiritual gift? And, um, you know, it's a little pause there, a little little bit of a moment, because you don't want to just come out and go, here's my card, you know what I mean? But it's, uh, well, there's a humility, which is so key. I think this. You know, this is how I've seen God use me. I love that. But every one of us who are followers of Jesus Christ, according to this, have been given a gift. And it's not something like a natural talent. And it's super mysterious. It's, you can write books and think you know everything, but you don't, okay. It's mysterious. But what it is, is this somehow spirit of God residing in me. Connecting with the spirit of God residing in you and something happening. And I used to describe it this way. We have natural talents and abilities and maybe you're a good communicator, but, but, but maybe your gift is mercy. And up here you're talking, but down here something is going on where mercy is being given or encouragement or, or whatever it might be. And so you you can take all those tests, and I'm not against those. I just don't think that that's really helpful. What I've told people to do and what I had to do is just live my life and give my life away to the body of Christ. And then all of a sudden, one day, people go this, this, or this. I go, okay, I'll just let everybody else confirm that, right? But according to this passage, God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. I, I don't know if the list is complete or if there's a spiritual gift of something else. I'm not worried about that. This is the focus. You have been given a spiritual gift out of the great variety of spiritual gifts. It's like, you know, think about Christmas now. There's a big Christmas tree and a lot of presents. You know, God's like going, okay, this one's for you. This one's for you. This one's for you. He knows what's in the packages. And he looks at you and goes, I, I want you to have this one, okay? All right. You've been given a gift from His great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. So not only, you know, A, you've been given a gift. Categorically, clarify. No question, you've been given a gift, but its purpose is to serve others. Yes, you will benefit from it. Trust me, when you're using and utilizing your giftedness, there is a ministry back to you, but it's not the purpose of it. It's for others. Use it to serve one another, and whether it's just speaking, or before this that he talks about showing hospitality, what's that? Maybe it's. Um, you know, helping others, their mercy or encouragement or any of those kind of things, whatever it is, do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, which is the ultimate purpose. The body of Christ will be built up. Now, I, I don't know if there's only one gift given to a person, a gift, gifts, giftedness, I don't really know. I don't know, and I've heard arguments either way that maybe it's, it's a permanent gift or maybe it's a seasonal gift. I'm not worried about any of that. But if we just focus our eyes on serving one another in love and let the Holy Spirit do that work, I firmly believe there will be a spiritual gift that's you know imparted there. I think when you and I, as a follower of Jesus Christ, I wrote this down, I wanna read this to you. When you understand your part, in the church, the local church. When you, as a follower of Jesus, understand your part at Sunrise Church, then we can work together with other believers to give and receive spiritual ministry. Because what you're actually doing is you're giving and distributing the grace of God. Somehow in this mysterious ministry, whatever it might be, you're giving the grace of God. I mean, I think about uh, Heather Brown. When she leads and kind of works through this whole mercy area, when she leads grief share, you know, there is a spiritual ministry that happens in the body of Christ is built up. People are reached for Christ. I mean, I think about that. I think about, think about Doug. You know, I think about when you're doing men's ministry, when you're, when you're doing the leadership and the activity up here, there's something that's happening in the heart from a man to a man. And the Holy Spirit is is giving grace to grace, right? I think about my mom. You know, when you're doing your small group and your your ministry there with your cantankerous older ladies, um, you know, lovely as they are, um, <laughs> opening the Bible, doing ministry. It's like something's going on there spiritually. The body of Christ is being built up. Grace is being given to grace. I think about I think about Kathy. Um, you know. In the ministry that you do of counseling and encouraging women, I, I'm not sure, Keith, if there's like a spiritual gift of welding. But Keith helped me weld the other day. But, but there's definitely a gift of encouragement going on there because it really encouraged me. But the point is, is that in this body of Christ, when we're functioning, giving ourselves away to one another, God's grace is being dispensed. And we may not always know it. I was on a Zoom call this week, and it was, um, it was a conversation with uh, another church. It was a, a council. And, um, you know, so we're kind of introducing ourselves. And I was starting to introduce myself as Pastor James from Sunrise Church. And this lady on the Zoom call, uh, a gal, um, I can't get into the details, but she said this. She said, um, before you say something, let me tell you about my experience with Sunrise Church. She hasn't, doesn't come, hasn't been a part of us. But uh, her daughter had heard about something that we had done with her Light My Way ministry and something had shown up in the paper, which usually it's never a good thing when something shows up in the paper. Um, but but it, was, it was one of those things, and I remember it well. And her daughter, who's a non-believer, uh, skeptical, said, read that and said, because of what I had done and was interviewed and all that stuff, she said, you know, if I ever went to a church, I'd want to go to that church. And I, I'd want to I'd connect with that pastor. And I... You know, this is on a Zoom call, and I'm sitting there, and I'm, I'm starting to weep because I've never heard that before from this gal. I don't, I don't even know this gal. I don't even know this other lady, you know. But there was something spiritual that happened because I think there's a leadership gift in me because the leading from here to here to here, God showed up. I mean, you're not always going to have it show up. I remember baptizing a gal. This a couple years ago, and, uh, you know, in the, the video beforehand, and I'm just, she's in the tank there, and and she shared her story, and I said, so... Tell me, when did you come to Christ? She looks up, she goes, oh, six months ago when you preached that message about so-and-so. I'm like, that would have really been good to know back then because I felt horrible about that, you know? (laughs) But there was a spiritual giftedness, a grace given back and forth. You've encountered that, right? When you've done ministry, when you've served one another in love, when you've, whatever you've done, you've exercised that. It's like God gives grace from one of us to the other and the body is built up. And that is mysterious, but it's beautiful, when it happens, when you and I are using our gifts in service toward one another in love, the body's built up and Jesus gets all the credit and he gets all the glory. I mean, how cool is that? That Jesus, it's like, you know, the, sh- the spotlight shines on him, not on us in that moment. We find in Peter's words, our encouragements, you were gifted and it was designed for others. So don't think you haven't been gifted. If you're disappointed in your gift as, as I was, if you think, well, I've tried this and I've tried that and I just don't get that. Um, we, we actually have a, a, what we call a shape class. It's, it's our serve class. And we talk about all these things. And yeah, we talk about the mysteries and the challenges of understanding all of it. But we help you understand that you have been gifted by God. We use that, uh, that word shape and it comes from uh, Rick Warren Saddleback Church. You've given a spiritual gift. You have a heart's passion, natural, you know, things you get excited about. You have natural abilities. You have your personality and you have your experiences. They're all wrapped together. And that's the shape that God wants you to be a part of. Peter wraps this up and he says that Jesus is going to get all the credit. And then he does this. He says here, all glory and power to him forever and ever. Amen. That's a doxology which is kind of like a word formula to give the focus back to Jesus. That when you and I have done everything we do, Jesus gets the credit. I love that. Is that true in your life? Um, Are you a follower of Christ who's struggling to find your place in the church or in the body of Christ? I I talk to pastors a lot. And one of the things is kind of my little little spiel here. I say, you know, because they talk about well, this is what they say. Well, that's easy at sunrise because, and I just want to punch him in Jesus' name. I want to deck him, you know, um, because I'm like, dude, you want to get me mad? It's like say stuff like that because that's not how it happened. I had a guy come in and he was here a number of years ago on a Saturday night. We had church and, he, oh, and we met in the week down in Portland for lunch. And he goes, "Well, that's easy because you have a big building." And I'm like, "Gosh, you're, you're an idiot." I mean, seriously, that's your answer. We had a small building. I've had people go, oh, well, you have a lot of people serving. I go, seriously, that's your answer? You know, we had very few people serving. Well, you know, you fill in the blank. You got a lot of money. I'm like, seriously? Just be faithful with what God's given you. Here's my spiel. I say this. I say, I firmly believe that God saves people, right? He, he draws people to himself, okay? God gifts people when they're saved, okay? It's clear, all right? He draws them to a local community, Right? Therefore, the conclusion is that you have everything you need in your church to do everything God wants you to do in that moment, as long as you're equipping people for ministry, which is what the Bible tells us we're supposed to be doing, right? And when we do that, the body grows. You know what they call something that is a part of your physical body that does not contribute to its growth and health? Useless. A vestige, right? Uh, you know what they call something that's a part of your body that actually starts consuming the rest of your body? Dangerous. Definitely not helpful. God saved you. He gifted you. He brought you here. We need you. (laughs) And everyone in this room needs you. Because we are a family and we are a body. And just like every part of a physical body may not get, and Paul talks about this a lot in Corinthians, the spotlight or the credit or whatever, every part plays a role in that. Everyone is vital. Uh, we do family devotions at our home and uh, every year we get a different kind of book. And uh, we were my wife and I were out with Jay and Katie Willis, some dear friends, and, and uh, Jay sent me a picture or something. I'm like, that was awesome. What was that? He goes, oh, it was Bob Goff's. Devotional. I'm like, what? Okay, so I picked it up. So we're starting early. But this is what I read uh, with our family uh, the other day. I think it was Friday night. You can't sit on the bleachers and help us win the game. You will never succeed unless you get out on the field and play in the game. God created you with unique gifts and ignited the passions he put in your heart for a reason. Don't let fear steal your opportunities and leave you on the sidelines wishing you tried. Do what you believe you were created to do. Is it possible it won't work? You bet. Fail trying. Don't fail watching. You don't help the game. Score points and the team build up a win by just sitting in the bleachers. And you don't help the body of Christ grow and serve one another by not participating and not serving. And you don't shine the glory and spotlight on Jesus if you just sit there and consume what God has given for the benefit of others. Think back to Aaron and Liz. Just a couple normal people. Ran a restaurant in Portland who just felt this nudge from God's spirit saying, I want you to go, I want you to use this. And are they completely clear about all that? Not even close. But they're just walking in faith on this one. Over Thanksgiving, my family and I uh, went up to a friend's house And that night, my wife and I had put everything in the room and turned the lights off and laid down in bed. And you will never in a million years believe what happened. I opened my eyes and I looked up at the ceiling and an LED clock was shining the light. Now, because I had laser surgery 20 years ago, I clearly saw it. I got pumped nudging my wife. I'm telling her this story. But you know what I did, I, I, was, I was lying there that night and I was just recounting the goodness of God in my life because I don't deserve anything that's happened to me for good. And I just thought about all the ways that God has used whatever giftedness, whatever spiritualness he's put in me for others. I would have, and when I was 13 years old, I would have never in my life believed that God would have used me. I mean, I would never in a million years believed I'd be the pastor of a church. That's larger and thriving and making disciples an impact in the community. I was just a shy, scared, introverted little boy who couldn't see at night without his glasses, right? <laughs> we do this thing, uh, and I, I did it for 20 years. I don't know if we still do it, but in our ministry class, our serve class, we use this Tupperware shape O ball. And I have one of these as the a little keychain. We used to hand them out. From 1999 when I started that in our class and it's hanging, uh, I move it from car to car, and it's hanging in my car at the visor, and I, every morning, pretty much every morning, I get in my car, and I just look at, it, I tap it a little bit, and I go, I just want to do that. However you've shaped me, I don't want to get off course, I just want to do that. What about you? You've been gifted for the sake of others. Are you using it? Um, this last week, uh, a couple of us met with uh, elder team from another church and we're talking about some significant changes they need to make in their church if they're going to stay alive or thrive and I made use of this word urgency and somebody asked me about it and I said well I think there has to be an urgency to our life right and and I said here's the only way I can explain it I just want to close with this thought here's the urgency in my life the Bible is really clear that hell is really really hot And eternity is really, really long. And that's why we're here to see people come to faith, to be rescued from the fires of hell, as it were, to be brought into God's family. And if there's not a sense of urgency of figuring out how God made you and wired you and shaped you, to be a part of that in the body, I think you're missing out on the point. And the point is, we were left here to make disciples. And whether that's helping people connect or grow or serve, lead, wherever you are in that, there must be a sense of urgency to our mission because that's why he left us here. If there's any way we can walk with you on that journey, we'll have our serve class showing up. We'll talk about it. Send us an email, pastors at isunrise.com. We won't send you a test, but we'll start a friendship and we'll talk about that. Because we want to see Christ glorified and everybody else served and the body built up and more people going to eternity with Christ. Let's pray. Thank you, Father, Uh, for Peter's words. I pray that you would speak to us. I know we've been disappointed in things at times. Maybe life has not turned out the way we thought it should. We thought you said it would. But in the midst of all of it, Father, may we focus the light back onto Jesus and see what he wants to do in all of it. In our lives, even today, even in this moment, even in this week, imagine what would happen if we just activated that gift. How people would be maybe matured. People would be perhaps comforted, encouraged. They would have hope. They would be held up. They would be strengthened, maybe confronted in love. Maybe brought to Jesus for salvation. I pray that you would move on us to see those things and to act on those
2: in faith so that you get the credit. We pray in your name, amen.